0: Hi, I'm Holly. I'm Danielle, and this is the spooky hour. Yay! Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> episode one! Our very first episode. We finally committed. We we got there. We we've, at least did it. We've been talking about it for how long now? Oh my god, it feels like since like the summers, it's been a good like half a year. Yeah. That's crazy. And here we are. I know. We've done it. I know. <laughs> All of the tech stuff is done. We finally got that shit figured That's out. That's been the hardest, for sure. Because we're noobs when it comes to tech. We've learned what an RRR I tried. Yeah. Danielle learned what that is. I didn't. We tried. But... Basically, we're here today to talk about all sorts of spooky things. Uh, I personally am here to talk about true crime. I love all things true crime. Uh, I want to point out, though, I am not a fan of serial killers in the fact that I like what they do. Um, I just like to learn how their brain works and why they do what they do. I definitely don't want to kill people. Don't think it's cool. Just got to put that out there. You definitely don't want people to think you're psycho. No, it's really hit or miss when you tell people that you're into, like, serial killer documentaries you either get it, oh me too, or a uh, you're a serial oh, killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean it's fascinating. It Star is crime's just fa- I feel like, but it's so popular now, so I feel like you it can is coming so out of the woodworks lately. Eh? Yeah, I want to know why first of all because I was shunned for so long for this, and now it's like all the podcasts are doing it. Yep, it's all over Twitter. Netflix. There's baby Yoda memes. Oh, that's the, like the epitome. <laughs> I love Baby Yoda. I can't. My I've never favorite. watched Star Wars in my life, and I would die for Baby, Baby Yoda. <laughs> you gotta do it now. Mandalorian. Net- but like Netflix, even Disney Plus. Like Netflix is getting on it real big too. Yes. Yeah, so uh, what was that one? um... The Avery guy, where it's like, did he do it? Didn't he? Oh, who killed? Um, how making a murder? Making a murder. murder. We got there. Who killed, <laughs> who killed the murderer? Was which I was gonna go with. Made total sense. So. In case you haven't noticed by now, we're a little bit strange. Yeah. A little bit weird. Yeah. We think we're funny, though, which is part of why we're doing this. I think we're hilarious. Um, also, I think everyone in our lives are sick of us talking about this stuff. Yeah. Um, so we have found a new outlet for that, and hopefully you guys will be into it. I guess we'll talk a little bit about ourselves Uh I'm Holly. This voice here is Holly. I'm 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 Danielle. This one here. I'm the other one. The other. <laughs> Danielle talks about more spoopy things like ghosts and... All the paranormal. Anything. Paranormal, yeah. Like, we could talk about werewolves or... Aliens. Shapeshifters. What is it? Area 51. Yeah. Shapeshifters. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. We're going, like, supernatural in this one. I like this. Yeah. But like, I'm excited. Anything from exorcisms... Something we should add is we don't know what each other is going to talk about in each episode. Yeah. So I'm learning from Danielle while you're learning from Danielle. Danielle's learning from me while you're learning from me. We're all going to react together. It's going to be super fun. Yeah. Um, So I guess we'll talk a little bit about ourselves first, find out why we're doing this in the first place. Uh, Danielle and I met five years ago in high school because we're super young and uh, definitely not almost 30. No, not even close. Not even close. Uh, We were both... Little emo kids in high school. I mean, we're still, um, we're still emo kids. That's kind of how we bonded. It kind of started as a, you like Fall Boy? Yeah. I like Fall Boy. You like my cam? <laughs> and then we went to like probably a hundred concerts a year. And Yeah. We've been best friends ever since. When we met, it was grade nine. Yeah. We knew each other, but we had math class together. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, she, Holly was playing with these blinds cause we sat right beside the window in the portable. And the last thing I said was stop playing with the blinds. You're going to break them. And the moment I said that they came swinging down and smoked me in the face and I got playing for it <laughs> and got kicked out. <laughs> And I still, to this day, haven't, like, apologized for it. No. Because it's just funny. You broke my face and we became friends. Yeah, and, and now you love me, and it's yeah. fine. Um, so we've always been into kind of weird stuff. Uh, for me personally, my dad is a huge reason of that. He used to watch a whole lot of true crime shows with me, probably when I was way too young to be watching <laughs> true crime shows. But, I mean, it got me hooked. It got me to hear. This is something that I'm very excited about. Again, like I said, I am not into it for the killing or the blood or the guts. I am a huge fan of psychology. I like to learn how they were raised. How was their childhood? Why are they the way they are? That's what I'm here for. Do they have small frontal lobes? Shut up. (laughs) I recently found out that I have a small frontal lobe. And apparently serial killers also have a small frontal lobe. So we have a first-handed possible serial killer in our midst right now it could be it could happen you never know um and you could experience that with us too look at Mm, that right we're the first podcast with an actual serial killer yeah potential please don't it Uh, please don't kill me i won't okay also please don't tell people this we're not actually serial killers yeah (laughs) we We just like them that's all so danielle is our resident spoopy expert but i like i said i've had my fair share of haunted stories and experiences. So this is the first ghost story I ever heard as a child. My dad and his ex-wife were sleeping in bed and my two older sisters uh, came out of their bedroom and allegedly saw this old woman sitting in my dad and his ex-wife's room. No thank you, bye. They both saw it and then my dad got up, he saw it, and he went to wake up his ex-wife and she sat up and the thing just went through the ceiling. And no. all four of them nope, saw nope, it. Nope. 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 I feel like if one person says something, you're like, "Nah." Could have not happened. Four people? Yeah. At the same time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's an older house. They live downtown Toronto. It's like a hundred year old house or something like that. No thanks. No idea who this old lady is, and I don't think they ever saw it again. Yeah, but that, that's terrifying. Yeah, and that would scare any person. The fact that my dad was yeah, scared there's though, like the I was gonna say yeah, like, he's not scared of no. anything. He's a very he tells me all the time he believes in spirits, but he's like, that's the only time that he's been like, I've seen one. Yeah. I believe him. That was my first ghost story. That is... I don't think you've ever told me that one before. Which is surprising. Yeah. Cause... I've told you all my basement ones. There's a lot of basement ones. We should do like a we whole should do podcast a... We should do an episode. episode from the basement. Yeah. Hell yeah. We'll We're see... just going to call it The Basement. Yeah. We should have like one of those little recorder things too and see if we catch anything The spooky. voice things? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Oh, the voice box. EVPs. I'm down. Let's do it. We're going to investigate my basement. Yeah. So Stay tuned for that. If you haven't noticed, our podcast is about anything true crime, anything paranormal, we love it completely. Um, I, myself, Danielle, um, just, I, I've, I've loved, I'm just so interested in it, and people think I'm crazy, and that's fine. I don't care. I know you're crazy. I, I am crazy. <laughs> but I've been haunted since the freaking birth, from what yeah. I can remember. She might be Satan herself. I might. We don't know. I mean, I'm technically Satan's daughter. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, if your, your mom's totally gonna listen to you. She, she's gonna be like, God Damn it, Danielle, <laughs> but not swear at the same time because she doesn't like swearing. But uh, yeah, so I've lived at my parents' house, had so many personal experiences, and I've, I'll eventually tell them. Um, I don't want to lump it all into one thing because there's just so many of them. If you have some of the pictures still from back in the day, oh, I do. We could start posting this to our Instagram, which is at a Spooky Hour Podcast. We're super fun. We're super cute. Anyways, Danielle has a bunch of pictures. We do. I, I do. Of things that have happened in our house, we're gonna start posting them. Yeah, because it's just, it's creepy and I I hate it. But then I I moved from my parents' house. They still live in that house. They're ballsy as shit. And uh, all of it just followed here. So maybe we'll catch something here. You never know. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. that'll be like a theme in our episode. We'll see what we can pick up. That would be <laughs> nuts. I mean, we're both pretty freaking haunted. But yeah, that's a little bit about ourselves. That's about our podcast. What we're gonna be like. And yeah, there's also a little about us on our uh, Instagram page too. That's more of like our our personal about us. Yeah, not just our like we're a little bit crazy. Yeah. and fucked up about us. A little bit. Yeah, but, more, a bit more personal. A bit more in depth. Yeah, more about like our actual lives. We have our personals on like our personal Instagrams on there. If you're interested in that. We're pretty boring, though. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> social media is my downfall. I hate yeah, it. Yeah, I'm pretty much the one running the socials. Yeah. Um, I like to run things past Danielle because we are a team. But I just suck at it because I suck at life. Yeah. But just... if you reach out to us on any of our socials, you're talking to me most of the time. <laughs> 100%. I just sit in the background and just watch. <laughs> so, um, I guess we'll get into like what we're here for. Yeah. The spooky shit. We have a coin. We're going to flip to see who goes first. Uh, again, I am speaking true crime. I am talking about a serial killer today. Danielle is all paranormal, anything paranormal. She's being very and suspicious about Because I have <laughs> such a good one today. It's actually a mix of true crime, but it's paranormal as well. So I'm going to do a background of all of it, which is true crime, and then the aftermath of it. It's- I wanted I've- to go first just because I'm like... Impatient, I just yeah. want to know, okay. and also nervous as fuck. Yeah, we waited oh, so long. Yeah. It's nice because I'm looking at you, and I automatically feel comfortable. Yeah, but then I look at the mic, and I'm like. Ooh. <sighs> There's people that will be listening. And we just want to thank everyone so far for all the kind messages yeah, we've received. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of good feedback. People like us. I know. People really... Like- uh, Steph gave us a shout out on Instagram. Oh my God, yes. Steph Warmack. You're amazing. I actually don't know if that's her real last name. Mm. I think it is. We're going with it. Even if it Let isn't, you know, a- Steph. I don't actually know. But you're lovely. Thank you. And your last name's badass. So yeah. Super badass. So thank you. So, our coin flip. I'm really hoping Danielle gets to go first. We'll see. So I'll 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 be heads. Heads. Okay. We had to determine if the moose was a head or the elk caribou. Come on, we still screwed it up. (laughs) (laughs) I googled it. (laughs) All right. What did you pick? I picked heads, so that's tails. Damn, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, fine. I am actually speaking about a local serial killer, Ooh. very close to home from the Toronto area. Canada land. Canada land. Yeah, we're from Canada land. Mm-hmm. You'll hear some A's. No, some no one actually says a boot. But one thing, I I do live in an igloo <laughs> and I do ride a moose to work. His name is Elliot and he's the fastest one out there. <laughs> Canada, eh? Canada, <laughs> True fact though, geese do actually attack us. They're Canadian geese, they're mean. everywhere. That one's true. Yeah. There's no wake um, lose. <laughs> not yet. God, we're so off topic. I know, already. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so uh his name, this serial killer from Toronto, Bruce MacArthur. Oh, snap! Do you know it? Of course I fucking. Okay. I wasn't sure because he's like he's I don't wanna say big in Canada. That makes him sound like he's like a celebrity, but yeah. he's well known in especially Canada. Especially recently. Especially especially, especially. recently. Um, he actually was arrested in 2017, Dang. which is three years ago. We're yeah. almost 2020 now. Um, and actually part of why I picked him is, um, for those who don't know, he was convicted of murdering eight men in the greater Toronto area between 2010 and 2017. And he actually targeted members of the gay community in Toronto. And I happened to be working in the village at that time. That's so creepy. Yeah. So like I said, starting in 2010, but he targeted a lot of um, South Asian, Middle Eastern. Uh, he One of his victims was homeless. So a lot of people that probably weren't openly gay. Yeah. Uh, and actually some of them weren't even reported missing. That's so sad. So I and, guess they didn't have like the support system. Yeah. No support system. Um, a lot of them are immigrants. So like, oh. um, one of them was only identified through like an immigration lawyer or something. Oh my gosh. So he, he knew what he was doing. He was picking people that, you know, you wouldn't think would be at a gay bar. You're a piece of crap. One guy was married with children, but his big mistake was that in 2017, a, and I want to say this in the most delicate way, a white man Mm -hmm. who was openly gay, an active member of the uh, gay community, went missing. And that created an uproar. I saw posters on my way to work of this Mm -hmm. missing man. And then sort of a buzz started going around the village that, oh, maybe this is connected to these other missing men. And it just got like a really weird vibe in the neighborhood. Like, my local Starbucks had signs for, like, support groups. If you feel unsafe, come yeah. talk in this support group. Um, if you want a buddy to walk you home from the bar, here's this group kind of thing. Like, it was a really weird time to be in the village. but um, This was in 2017. And that's crazy that, like, that, that was occurring it was during recent. that time. Yeah. And it it was weird that, I don't want to say it was in the middle of it because I wasn't involved, but I felt the impact of it. Yeah. We were around it every day seeing the pictures. The pictures were everywhere. It was a very weird vibe for a little while. It was weird. Uh, But in... uh, I mean, rest in peace. This is awful that he passed. But because he picked the white, openly gay guy. And people cared that he was missing. That's how he got caught. He slipped up once. He went off of his his little track once. And that's what got him caught. That's crazy. Uh, This guy's name was i'm gonna andrew kinsman uh he was 49 in his death he probably saved some lives you know what i mean mm-hmm. weird fact so the remains were found in planters all over the city yeah. wasn't he didn't he He was like a landscaper, a landscaper. Mm-hmm. probably should have started with that he owned his own landscaping business and he hid um the dismembered parts of the bodies in various planters so you know, you have a tree outside your house and there's an arm in it that you don't know about. <laughs> Freaking weird. That's so... Well, can you imagine being those people? <laughs> I was just gonna say, um, one of the ladies, uh, who owned the house was so, like, repulsed and disgusted because she thought she knew this guy. She trusted him. Um, she actually had a priest come to her house and I believe, I could be wrong, if you know the story and I'm wrong, let me know. Write me a message on Instagram. But I believe the priest was like a... Like a LGBTQ plus friendly Remember. priest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe it was a woman as well. And she came and blessed the house. They had like a cleansing ceremony to like get rid of the bad juju vibes in there. Mm-hmm. So like people were affected by this. And like she didn't even know any of the victims. She was just like, this happened in my house. Yeah. So yeah. A little bit about why I picked them. It It's something that kind of stuck with me. That's also like tear. I couldn't even like imagine being like... I'm going to get this landscaper to come to my house and just... He's hiding bodies He's hiding bodies. Yeah. I can't remember the exact number of properties, but there was was a lot. So I read up a little bit about his crimes because I only knew sort of the bare bones of it. And I actually found something really interesting. Um, A University of Toronto professor named Ju Young Lee specializes in serial killers. He compared uh, Bruce MacArthur's style of killing to that of the BTK killer. Really. Interesting. So if that's those of week. you who don't know the he is called BTK for uh, I believe bind, torture, kill. kill. Yeah. So tie up his victims, torture his victims, and then kill them. Bruce MacArthur And do you know fun fact about BTK? He named himself Did he? Yeah, he would like write letters to like the news media and kept calling him BTK and that's how he got his name. It's interesting. What an yeah. ego. Like that's just Don't statistic. just call me a killer, name me. Yeah. That's an ego. Weird. Yeah. (laughs) That's another story, but that's crazy. (laughs) For another day. Um, But yeah, uh, Bruce MacArthur, he did the same, but a little bit creepier. Um, He took pictures of his victims and uh, he would pose them in, quote, demeaning manner. Like Jeffrey Dahmer. Did you ever know do that? Oh, he took Polaroids. Oh, that's even weirder. He yeah. had like a drive on his computer oh. and it was like broken down by name. That's disgusting. Like he knew their names. Oh he God. knew their names because I believe he was meeting them through Grindr or Tinder or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was asking them out on dates and then he would kill them. There's a story somewhere about a survivor that uh, everyone should read where he was in his van and like MacArthur attacked him in his van. Uh, I didn't go into that because I could talk for days about this. But you should Google it. Look it up. There is a survivor... Uh bless his heart. I hope he's doing alright. At least he survived. Yeah. But uh, like I said, he he posed his victims. And uh something I read that's interesting about that is it has something to do with wanting control. Mm-hmm. Um so even after death, he wanted to control the way they looked. Uh he would put a cigar in their mouth, he would shave them, he would put a fur coat and a hat on them, and just strange things. Yeah. I I don't wanna know why. Because, interestingly enough, I read up a little bit about his childhood. His parents were super, super religious. And, obviously, in being super, super religious, were very anti-gay. I feel like he he was almost acting out his father or something. Like, the cigar. Did you just see the light The light just flickered. (laughs) They know we're talking spooky. (laughs) Um... The cigar, the the fur coat, and the hat kind of makes me think of, like, a, a rich man. Yeah. So, and like I'm, I'm wondering if he's sort of acting out some frustrations in that way. And do you think that maybe he, like, his obviously his parents wouldn't accept him for... Oh, definitely not. Um, I don't even think he told them. Yeah. So, his mother was Irish Catholic, and his father was a Scottish Presbyterian. Okay. So very religious. Very religious. Apparently, it says here his father was very strict. Mm-hmm. Oh, and apparently his father thought he lacked masculinity. So that could be not a stem from I'm something. A genius, but yep. Um. So it said later in life he did in fact have trouble accepting his sexual orientation. Which surprise, awful parents will do that. So I think he was just sort of ashamed of who he was and acting out maybe a combination of the frustration with his sexuality and the frustration with his father. Yeah, I could see and that. And it just spawned into this into um to people losing their lives yeah which is awful um i do kind of want to name the victims and i might butcher some of the names i'm sorry uh there was salim sn who was 44 uh Basar faizi who was 42 uh karushna kanagaratem who was 37 uh majid KN, who was 58 andrew kinsman who we spoke about earlier was 49 Dean Lisowick was one of the other ones that were sort of off his uh, typical path. He was a 47-year-old homeless man and allegedly a sex worker in the LGBT community. So interesting that he was sort of off the beaten path a little bit, but still, I don't want to say no one would care about him, but he's like he's homeless, he he doesn't have a family, you know what I mean? Um, Apparently, he was very well-respected in the community, though, Um, and then we had Saroosh Mahmoodi and Skandaraj Navaratam, who was 40. Um, and what's interesting is they all, like I said, were Middle Eastern, uh, South Asian. Some of them were married. And they all fit the, quote, bear description, which, do you know what a bear is? No. <laughs> uh, in the gay community, a bear is like a larger, hairier, more masculine man. Okay. Um, so they all kind of fit that, which is interesting because I think uh, Bruce MacArthur sort of also fits uh, that. So is he, again mirroring himself the, a little bit or the daddy issues he has going daddy on. daddy issues yeah i kind of knew from the get-go when i started seeing all the missing men i was like this is someone who is struggling i want to follow this like struggling with their sexuality i mean yeah and they're acting you know i want to follow this see what happens so i kind of followed it from the get-go kind of wanted to talk about this a little bit more but in 2016 Bruce MacArthur was actually, uh, I don't know if he was arrested or just brought in for questioning Mm -hmm. regarding the cases of the missing men. And the Toronto police actually let him go. Really? And, uh... Toronto police, what have you been doing lately? Come Come on, guys. Step your game up. And a lot of people were upset about that because, uh... There's not a great relationship between the police and the gay community. Yeah, definitely. For a plethora of reasons. Yeah. And a lot of people felt that these uh, missing men weren't being investigated thoroughly enough. Well, they and weren't. No. Like at And all. the fact that they had the guy. Yeah. Let him go. Let him kill one more person. then they were like, oops. oops. Like, a lot of people yeah. were mad about that. I was mad about that. It's kind of, it's kind it's, of gross that the, the police are almost negligent. Yeah. And it, it sucks that the, he targeted these people that didn't necessarily have that home life to go back to. Yeah, I I don't think many of them I'll have to do uh, a little follow up, but I don't think many of them had family. I know one was married with kids and um his wife would have never thought that he would have like gone out with a man, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's just it, he knew so what he sad. was doing. Yeah. 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 But yeah, he was finally arrested and actually one of the police who was involved in his initial arrest in 2016 is also facing charges for letting him go. So oh, wow. that's good. We have, you know, some punishment being held out. Yeah. Um, I believe, uh, Bruce MacArthur is going to be in jail until he's 91. How old I mean, is he now? 68. Damn. Um, and I actually wanted to talk about that a little bit too, because I got some theories. I got some opinions. I don't think that they have found all of his victims. I don't think so either. Because who starts randomly killing at like 50 years old? You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially someone who's obviously had this pent up aggression. Yeah. yeah. Um, And I actually did some Googling back in the day when this first started happening, back in the day, three years ago, when this first started happening, and there's a list of missing men from the area, all of Middle Eastern or South Asian descent, dating back to the early 90s. And I guarantee they're searching for him. Still missing. See if they connect connect the dots. I don't know if they are. I don't know. Like I said, the police obviously don't care very much about the uh, gay community in Toronto. But... I don't think they're done. I think there's more. Yeah. I don't think he's ever going to say it. No. Uh, I don't know Has he, he admitted to the... I actually am not sure. I think he did plead guilty, but I don't think he actually had like a, a confession. Yeah. You know what I like, mean? Like, hey, I did this. This is where they are. Yeah. But I believe they're still missing pieces of the victims. Uh, I believe some victims have never been found. But they did find things like uh, they found one of their necklaces at his house. They found a wallet at his house. So enough evidence to be like the dude. pictures were probably a good telltale sign. Yep. The um, the victims unfortunately were not alive in the pictures, so they know enough to rule these people as dead. Yeah. Again, I did a very bare bones research. If you know more about this, please let us know. But yeah, that's kind of where I wanted to leave it. At is. There's more out there. Like I said, this is an awful story. It shook the whole community. Uh, it shook me. When we decided we wanted to do this, he was the first one that popped in my mind because I felt some sort of like attachment to it almost. Yeah. Well, because it's from our, basically our home. It's from our home. I, like I said, was working in the village. I was, I was working there. I kind of felt the vibe every day and I just wanted to share that. Yeah. Um, and the scumbag is still alive. He is still alive. Unfortunately, hopefully he doesn't live to see the end of his sentence. Yeah. Just but so justice sad. was somewhat served, I guess. At I, least they caught him. At least they caught him. And I but. just wanted to throw in, again, this is our first episode. If you don't think I gave you enough, let me know. What do you want to hear? Exactly. Uh I could, I ideas? could do more research. I could talk about this for days, man. We should do, like, episodes upon episodes. Be like, part one, part two, part three. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. We do a huge thing. And especially with these kind of cases, like Bruce MacArthur, Ted Bundy. There's just so much Jeffrey to Donald talk or- about. Like, You can't get it out in, like, 20 minutes. Absolutely not. Like, no. Like I said, I barely touched the surface. I would love to read more about his initial arrest. I would love to read more about his childhood. But we only got so much time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you talked about him, especially now, because it's so recent. So recent. And strangely enough, my friend Cassandra, uh, she was working with me at the time. She's also into this stuff, this true crime, ghosty, spooky stuff. And uh, we were saying that there hasn't really been a serial killer in our time. Not since, um... Oh, Carla Homolka, Homolka. Um, and the guy whose name I don't remember right now. Yeah. But yeah, and then shortly after that is when this story started coming out. Yeah. And it, like, part of me wanted to be, not excited, but I was like, oh I hope there's, like, a documentary, I want to learn about this. But then, like, sort of living in that time, you're like, this isn't fun. fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's it affected so many people, and it's just so sad, and then I honestly hope he gets what he deserves he will and rots he's in, gonna rot and i believe he was jail, already so. attacked in jail so i will, honestly wouldn't be surprised kudos to that guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> no one puts up with that crap anymore but Yay, thanks my Holly. first story hey. that was fun um so i don't know if you've heard of this place so i'm doing again like a true crime paranormal i have to talk about the truth definitely all over my vibe i am it's fine. i'm sorry no it's cool um but to be able to tell this paranormal story, like, this has a bonkers freaking crazy story. So it's the Valeska Axe Murder House. No, I have haven't not. heard of it. Okay. Because this is going to blow your what mind. What time period is this? 1912. That's why I didn't hear about it. No. So this is <laughs> one of the most haunted places in Iowa. Um, in Iowa? Iowa. Iowa's yeah. the scariest place <laughs> in the world. <laughs> in, the world. <laughs> in Valeska it is. I hope I'm pronouncing that right i'm pretty sure it's valeska close enough it's it's good enough but on june 10th 1912 um in valeska iowa two adults and six children were brutally murdered in their home um so the victims were josiah moore um they also he went also went by joe so i'm just gonna call him joe he was 43 (laughs) um there was sarah moore 39 there are four kids herman who was 11 Catherine, who was 10 boyd who was seven and paul who was five and then two of Catherine's oh, yeah. friends, yeah, the Stillinger, Stillinger sisters. Um, Lena was twelve, and Ina was eight. That's so sad. All of these guys were brutally murdered in one night, and in their house. The, yeah. The, the crazy part about this is it's unsolved. See, that doesn't surprise me because of the time period. Yeah, and it makes it spookier. It gets <laughs> it gets crazy. It, like this, I've been fascinated with this one. It's been on like um ghost adventures it's been on kindred spirits on youtube i gotta watch that stuff more you do every time i text Danielle, she's watching ghost adventures i I pretty much only watch it when i'm with her but i love it i I blame my mom my mom was like ghost adventures our goal is to get zach on the show yeah one day one day that's our main goal and then we can just end the podcast and be like see ya (laughs) we love you we're done bye (laughs) (laughs) okay sorry (laughs) we're sidetracking okay so i'll tell you about the what happened? So on Sunday, June 10th, 1912, Joe and Sarah took their four kids to the Children's Day um, service at their local Presbyterian church. And their two neighbor's children who were um, the Stillinger sisters, they um, accompanied them and ended up like sleeping over because they were friends with Catherine, their daughter. So there was the service um, was followed by a social gathering at around 9.30. They only lived about three blocks from the church. Okay. So they walked home. So they got home maybe around like 9.45, 10 o'clock-ish. Um, so they all went, when they got home, all went, did their thing, went to bed. So Joe and Sarah, um, their bed was on the second floor upstairs. Mm -hmm. Um, their four children were also on the second floor, um, just down the hall from their parents. And then the two, um, Stillinger sisters, I really hope I'm pronouncing that last name right. (laughs) Um, Stillinger. Yeah, we're Uh, bad with names. I'm terrible. Um, they were in the guest room on the first floor. Okay. So they think the murder or murderers—they're not sure. I feel like that many victims, it would have to be more than one person. Yeah, and it's a bon- it's or just like one giant person. Yeah, that is stealthy as fuck. That you couldn't like fight off because that's a lot. How many? Vi- it was six. Yeah, six. Yeah, or no, six children, two adults. Oh, so it's eight people. Eight people. Yeah, all together in one. More than one person in one night. Who else was at the church that night? Right. <laughs> So the murderer murderers entered the house, they think around midnight. So this was like kind of like a reconstruction attempt by the town coroner. They think he um he or she entered through an unlocked door, um, back front. I don't know. I <laughs> have no, no just idea. A door. But it was in nineteen twelve, so no one believed in locking their doors. Did they have locks in 1912? Yes, did. they had locks. They had they locks. locks. <laughs> but uh yeah, so they just didn't lock the doors so this is why you lock your doors people so you don't get always you don't my parents leave the doors locked while they're home saying i my door's locked right now really yeah you're that part of it i live in the boonies and i still lock my freaking fair enough yeah but um yeah so and then there was another report our light keeps going off and on it's so weird (laughs) um (laughs) one day we'll get video footage one day (laughs) Um, so yeah, he entered, he or she entered through, um, an unlocked door, completely avoided like the first floor. So they had like, they had no electricity, no plumbing or anything like yeah. that. So they just had like those little lanterns. So, he, so took, he had an axe and a lantern? Yeah. He had a lantern in right hand. He axe had in time the, that day. Yeah, <laughs> and he like crept up the second floor. So completely avoided the first floor where the, the neighbor's children were staying. So he killed Joe and Sarah first. He swung the axe so high that it gouged out part of the ceiling. That's how much force he used. So maybe used. it was a big person, like I said. Yeah, he could, Like, really I could swing an axe real high, and I wouldn't sm- hit the ceiling. Same. I'm 5'4". Yeah. <laughs> so he mani- like, they managed to hit the ceiling and gouge a huge part out. Um, so Joe was killed first, Sarah second. Um, and they say that both of them died before even waking up. Like, they didn't have time to register what was going on. Interesting. Yeah. So then he went... Uh, he or she, the axe murderer, went down the hall to their children's room. Same thing killed all four and none of them woke up before they died um he then went down the stairs um to the main floor and did the same to the two neighbors children however the oldest Lena um, there was evidence that she woke up before she was killed. Mm. There was um, blood on her knee and a defensive wound on her arm, and all the bodies were laying like straight in their beds like they were just sleeping, like they were just sleeping. yeah, like your normal sleeping stance, but she was tilted up the bed like across the bed like, like she was she to, go get to up. move yeah, exactly. I wonder if he or she the killer didn't realize they were down there because they were like guests right they were yeah. friends, so I wonder if They surprised each other, you know what I mean? But also, like, because it's unsolved, he obviously knew the layout of the house. Ooh. And, like, you won't walk and, like, know exactly where everyone's sleeping. Why would you go to the parents' room first? Because you knew where they slept. Ooh. So, yeah. That's where it gets a bit weird. So, after he killed everyone, he, then, he or she decided to go, the killer, the axe murderer, decided to go back upstairs, he hit Joe and Sarah repeatedly with the axe until they were they're after on, they were dead. Yeah, after they were dead on their face until they're completely unrecognizable. Um it's reported that Joe himself got hit well over 30 times. So That's you wouldn't rage. even be able to tell. Yeah. This is personal. Yeah. Very personal and he did it t- to all the children as well. That is bizarre. Yeah. So the actual killing wasn't enough for this guy. Yeah, apparently none of them like you wouldn't be able to recognize them. Like you couldn't tell because their faces were butchered. Yeah. 100%. I'm gonna solve this one. Yeah, you're gonna <laughs> do it. 1912. You got it. <laughs> I got it. We're going to Iowa. Me, who has never studied criminology, we're going. I got this. This is where it gets really weird, and you kind of like think of what's going on. Um, so he or she placed sheets or like clothing items on the faces of all the victims, Ooh. so he can see it. He then covered every single mirror. Every single, like, window reflective with a cloth so he couldn't see himself. He or she couldn't see himself. And this is is weird. This is what I don't understand. At some point, he or she took a two-pound slab of uncooked bacon, wrapped it in a towel, (laughs) and put it downstairs on the downstairs floor... Next to like a keychain But the keychain Wasn't owned by Like the Moore family So they don't know Who the the keychain's from That's really weird See some of it Was starting to make sense Like the whole Hiding the mirror thing It's like oh He's ashamed of himself The butchering the face Oh he didn't want to see them Wrapping a pound of bacon and leaving it beside a keychain. What? And you're just like... I, I was like... I was like this... When I was reading it, I was like, this can't be real. And then I checked, like... I kept digging, digging different sites and everything. And everyone said it. And I'm like, that's so weird. Why would you do that? Is that like a Satanist thing? I don't thing? know. Like, was there Satanist in 1912? I don't... And why would you throw blankets on a mirror? You don't want to see yourself? You don't want to see so, your like reflection? That, that kind of makes sense. Because, like, you know, what if he... He did this out of a fit of rage, and then he looked at himself, and he's like, oh, I can't look at myself. And then, yeah. he, like, that at least kind of makes sense. Why are you wasting bacon? Right? <laughs> That's really expensive stuff. In 1912? You yeah. gotta make your own bacon. You gotta have your own pig. Like, it's just... Crazy. So he he stayed there for a while. So about they think he left around about five a.m. He also filled a bowl of water and there was blood stain in the water. So I think they might he might have washed his hands. Makes sense. in the water. So it's so weird that some of it makes so much sense and then he's just like actually now I'm gonna leave he, bacon out. He's just like throwing like shit around like he's just like oh you think about serial killers? Huh? Let me throw this bacon here yeah. your and you're gonna be like what's going on? <laughs> the bacon killer. <laughs> Um, so the family, um, the Moore and the Soldier sisters weren't discovered until later that day of June 10th. Their neighbor is usually, like, there's kid, they have, like, six kids in that house right now. Why is no one running around? So they got worried and actually called Joe's brother, Ross. And Ross had a spare key to the house, came over, and he barely made it into the house before calling the police. I don't know if you can call the police back then. It was more just, like, tell the police. Alert the police. Yeah. (laughs) Run to the police station. (laughs) They, police showed up and did all the crime scene stuff. And this is where it gets... This is where it was butchered. And this is, I know it's 1912, but nuts. So they had a Dr. Williams there who examined the bodies and did the time of death and everything. He left the house and there was people standing out front because people are curious as shit. Me, uh, me standing outside of a crime scene, to be honest. Exactly. (laughs) And he said, quote, Don't go in there, boys. You'll regret it until the last day of your life. And then he proceeded to let a hundred... Freaking townspeople stomp through the crime scene with the bodies still there. So they're stomping... Like he took them on a tour? Like, he, like- just, he just let them in the house and they all just went stomping through being curious little pipsqueaks, walking through all the stains. It was reported that someone actually took one of Joe's skull fragments and kept it. Ew. Yeah. So these people, like, I, I know you don't have like the fingerprint evidence back then there yeah but there's still evidence like you're you're tracking footprints through the blood through okay. the walk they just let these people walk through this crime scene d- completely destroy yeah because it. it would still like even you know in that day when there wasn't technology it's still going to destroy even the most basic evidence you yeah. know what i mean exactly stupid it's like <laughs> I, I just can't who believe is that. this guy? who let this guy be the <laughs> investigator right. on this case this god goddamn- get this job how are you a doctor oh he was a doctor i thought <laughs> he was an. Ev- i mean sorry He was, uh, he, he did the body, the examination of the bodies and like, just let, let these people run through. It's fine. We don't need to find the person. So there was a few suspects. I didn't really go too much into this because I wanted to get more into the paranormal. So one person, I believe it was like the reverend of like their church or someone associated with the church. He admitted to the murders, but then later retracted his statement. Um, and he ended up going to trial for the murders and he was acquitted so he wasn't Because ch- he denied it or yeah. I don't know. I didn't really look much into it. Why do you want to be, like weird? Yeah. Was See, he covering for someone? Maybe. From what I read, like I kinda like just skimmed over it. But from what I read, he was the most like like likable person to be doing this. Like he admitted to it. Yeah. And then was like, actually, nah, I didn't do it. And then he went to trial for the murders, got acquitted. So he never ever charged. No one has ever been charged for these murders. So it's been it's remained unsolved. I'm so, going to go ahead and say he did it. Yeah. You don't admit to doing that <laughs> in someone's face. <laughs> and then just like, nah. It's, and it's obviously personal. And there, there was a personal connection to that one. The wife was sleeping with the Reverend. Could be. Ooh. Ooh. I'm telling you, we're solving this today. Right now, we're doing it. <laughs> um, so, I'm going to get into the paranormal stuff a little bit. Because yes. this is the best part. So, now we know why the house is more than likely haunted. So, the house is currently owned by the Lynn's. So they purchased the the house in 1994 and they made it into a tourist attraction. So it's smart. It's open to the public. You can do day tours, you can do night tours. That's why or you can stay overnight. Um to stay overnight is like 400 and like 58 bucks or something so like that. So in season 10 we'll be staying overnight. <laughs> yeah, I want to go so badly. So Darwin Lynn, he he's the one who purchased the home and then told his wife. Um he did sadly pass away in July 2011. So the the place is currently run by his wife Martha. When he did purchase the house, there was construction done on it, obviously because the nineteen twelve, like people were gonna do construction, updated a little, yeah. So he completely revamped it back to the condition it was in nineteen twelve, as per like the photos. Okay, so he did more of a restoration, exactly. So he took out all the electricity, took out all the plumbing. Oh, that's too much, man. (laughs) Put put, put the barn back. Give me the aesthetic and give me my toilet. Put the barn back in, put an outhouse there. So when you stay overnight, you don't have running water. You don't have Aww. anything. Yep. You might have lost me on this trip. Yeah. <laughs> um, so visitors that have been to this place, whether it's through like overnight or doing the day tours, have reported items being moved around. So is staff because they have a gift shop there mm-hmm. and like the people that... the tours. So stuff has been moved around. They've heard disembodied voices, disembodied footsteps. They see shadows, apparitions. The house also has like this corkboard. And they if you have like a picture with like an apparition or something, you can like put put it 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 on the corkboard. That's cool. Yeah, and I I like that. I was looking at it and there's one picture and it looks like a little boy in the window and it gave me all of the chills. It's Weird. so creepy. Yeah. So if you go look, it's actually on Google, like on their website, you could see this picture of the corkboard, and like the pictures are not. I'm going to. I'm interested in that. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. It's so. It's so. I want to do that in my house. <laughs> it's also a good way to make money. So that's what a lot Fair of people enough. are saying. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. So there's there's been lots of paranormal investigators, um, gone to this this house and done sessions there. Zach Baggins from Ghost Adventures, Kindred Spirits. Um so kindred spirits is like on YouTube and it's a, like a travel channel sort mm-hmm. of kind of thing. Um there's also a lot of videos on YouTube of like EVP sessions like people like just day to day people doing their stuff people brought ouija boards into this house i'm like you guys are crazy Ugh. i'm like maybe you brought something in. i've done ouija boards before in places that i've like like my basement where like i'm pretty sure it's haunted but like i feel like somewhere where people got their face chopped by an axe you don't really want to no. know the place for a ouija board and especially if it's like amateurs design, i was just gonna say that if you don't really know what you're doing you're gonna bring all the bad things bring the in. white candles kids yeah get all that sage just bathe in it. <laughs> and that's about all the Ouija board rules, I know. Yeah, yeah on YouTube, if you like watch some of the videos, some of the videos are just like really creepy. So on actually on November 7th, 2014, a group of paranormal investigators went in and stayed overnight. And one of the investigators was alone in like the northwest bedroom. Um he ended up calling for his friends for help because he was alone, like they had like their walkie-talkies. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, and when they got up there, he up—he stabbed himself in the chest. Oh. And was taken to the hospital. He, he survived, but, like, you're, dude, you're crazy pants. Wild! So, they're not sure if, like, he did it on purpose to try to get, like, the house, like, more news. I'm not that committed to anything. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> come on. But, like, he... I don't know what he said. There's not... He hasn't really said anything. Like, he doesn't talk about it. But... Is this a possession? Yeah, like, why would you just so go and stab? And he didn't a, like. murder house, a haunted house, yeah. and a demonic house. Yeah, and also, why are you carrying a knife around with you? We need to do stabs. Yeah, where did he get that? Did he have it on his person? Yeah. Did he find it? In- oh, okay. His yeah, so person, had it. yeah. And he just stabbed himself in the chest. And the wow. owners were pretty upset about it because they didn't want, like, all that negative, like, reaction to the house. In their in their yeah. murder house? Yeah, and they obviously feel for them, but at the same time, they're like, oh my god. My, my murder house is negative now. Yeah. That's a lot of... There's a lot of spooky stuff that goes on. If you see the pictures, it's even more creepier. Um, the eyes move and stuff. Yeah, Ooh. like, ugh. A lot of people are saying that um, the lens opened this place as, like, a tourist attraction, so all this stuff is fake. Like, the ghosts don't exist. Like, nothing is there sort of thing. However, I mean, a guy stabbed himself. That seems pretty real. Yeah, <laughs> right? Even before the Lynns owned this place, there's been creepy shit going on. So, after the murders, the house remained in estate until about like 1915, and it was then purchased by J.H. Geisman, the actual current owner, like the Lynns. They interviewed the Geisman's um, grandson, Dale Miller, about the house. So, Miller stated that his grandfather refused to sleep in the house and went as far to make a, like a bed in the barn. Oh. I'm like, is that because he's scared just of the move house? At that point. Oh, yeah, right. Or does he have like bad wife problems? <laughs> like, I'm gonna go sleep in the bar. Am I? A mood. Go sleep in the barn. Right. <laughs> so yeah, but like, if it's that bad, like, just get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. Man crazy so dale miller the grandson his aunt and her husband were staying at that house and claimed this door that led from the porch to the parlor would just open but they wouldn't see it open they'd like walk in the room would be open so they'd close it and they'd leave come back and it'd be open again um hmm. dale miller like his grandparents the geesemans refused to talk about the house like at all like nothing good nothing bad just didn't talk about it ever didn't want to but they ended up moving out, obviously. Um, in the 1930s, it was rented out to Homer and Bonnie Rittner. Um, they're a young couple. They just, had, they just got married, and um, Bonnie was expecting. Bonnie had told Homer on multiple occasions that she thought someone was in the house. They heard noises throughout the night. She was seeing images of a man at the foot of her bed holding an axe. Oh. Which is, which is comforting. Right? <laughs> like, could you imagine waking up and be like, oh my god, there's Jason at the bottom of the <laughs> I feel like I'm never seen Is that a Friday the 13th, Jeremy? It is, because it's Friday, Friday the 13th. 13th. It is. We yeah. did this on purpose, clearly. At the time of recording, right now it is Friday the 13th, because we're that spooky. Yep. Stay on brand at all times, always. Always. Stay the most spooky. Um, Danielle's had wine. I had a lot of wine. <laughs> so, it happened so often that Bonnie ended up seeing a psychiatrist. Ed, oh. Who advised that, like, her being so stressed out about it. That she needs to stop because she'll lose the baby. Oh. Ah. So Homer would actually stay up at night and get to, like, give her a peace of mind, make sure she slept and stuff. No man would ever do that now. Let me tell you about that. No. No. 1930s men were something else. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and then one evening her husband, Homer, started hearing a sound of someone walking up and down the stairs and apparently it got so bad that he was just like, nah, and they just left. Not they're like, bye. So he so, finally believed her. Yeah. So there's another family that just dipped. They're just like, nah. Um, So, the Valeska State Savings and Load Company, which is a bank, owned it from 1963 to um, about 1971. They rented out this property a lot. That's pretty much what it was, a rental property. There was a family that had rented the property with two young girls. Um, The father was a truck driver and he was gone for a lot of it. The girls would awaken at night and hear children crying. Sometimes Mm. they would return to their rooms to find, like, their drawers open and, like, clothes, like misplaced and everything. Uh, so, and the parents just, like, refused to believe it. They're like, nah, the not existing. Like, kids being bold. kids. Yeah, exactly. So, one night, the father was sharpening his pocket knife in the kitchen table. <laughs> As one does. Yeah. <laughs> and without any explanation, it flew from his hand and stabbed him into the palm, which is where that whole stabbing yeah. happened. And the guy, the paranormal guest here, got stabbed. So, that's why they were trying to, like, connect it that way. I'm like, but he got stabbed in the palm in a different room. So, you never know. You never know. But it's still weird that it was, like, a knife and, yeah. it, quote, did it itself. Yeah, and apparently they packed up that night and left. I would have. Yeah, same. <laughs> Absolutely. I just got stabbed in the palm by ghosts, so I'm out of here. I probably wouldn't even make it that long, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, So not... I wasn't really able to find anyone who owned the place between, the, like, 1971 from when the bank stopped owning it in 1975. But in 1975, Rick and Vicky Sprague purchased the house. Um, So an online magazine that I found had interviewed their daughters, who also lived in that house. So at the time, they needed something cheap, they didn't have a lot of money, um, and no one else would live in this house and they were like it's perfect yeah they're like perfect <laughs> cheap and no one wants to live there great definitely not haunted <laughs> so the parents rick and nikki or nikki god damn it rick and vicky they knew about the murders but didn't really believe anything spiritual was happening like anything negative um they had no fear about the house and they actually didn't believe in spirits and to this day they said nothing like they have, like never sought heard anything they lived in this house for 18 years and they never saw anything yeah never said anything the daughters haven't said anything um there was one i was reading one part of this interview and um vicky had gone up to the place because they the lynns purchased it from them Mm -hmm. wanted to talk to vicky about it and she was saying that none of it is real um the house is fine and stuff like that and someone who was at the property at the time was like oh why don't you come in and do a tour with me and vicky was like no no, thank you, and just left. Interesting. Like, why wouldn't you go back in the house then, Vicky, if it wasn't haunted? I <laughs> think you're lying, Vicky. Yeah. So uh, they they had the house till 1975, which was 18 years. Claim nothing happened there. Their daughters also said there was nothing that happened there. However, um, during that t- the time they were growing up, none of their friends would sleep over. It was like the talked about house in town that no one wanted. to Did their, their friends get like a vibe, or did they just know that it was like a murder house? They, and they just know. Like, yeah. They just knew it was a murder house, knew it was haunted. They're just like, no, not doing it. Because I was wondering, like, some people are sort of more sensitive to that stuff. Yeah. And others, like, you know how dogs yeah. can see ghosts, allegedly? So, like, apparently Do these kids people... Kids are like that, too. Yeah, kids are more in tune. So, like, did these people genuinely not see anything because they weren't sensitive to it? Or were they lying? You, you didn't... Vicky, hit me up, girl. Right? If you're still I'm Just honest. if you're still... I have no idea. <laughs> you never know. I mean, they moved in 19, 1994. 1994. No, they left the house in 1993 and then the Lynns purchased it in 1994. It's possible. Vicki, yeah. how about you, girl? Right? I got some questions. So, yeah, so Darwin Lynn purchased it in 1994. They also owned, um, the Lynns also owned an Olson Lynn Museum in town. So that's why they were kind of like eh, a tourist attraction. Oh, okay. So it's that kind of thing. But there's like a ton, a ton, ton, ton of like creepy videos. And the episode of Ghost Adventures they caught a bunch of stuff. It was just unsettling, creepy. And it, last night I went up because Stuart was playing. Um, was upstairs playing his video games. And I was like, it was like eleven o'clock at night. And I was there, I'm like, um, can you come to bed? And he's like, ooh, why? And I was like, because <laughs> I just read all this ghost shit. and Now I can't sleep. So I need you to lay in bed. Don't touch me. Just. <laughs> yeah, just don't touch me. Just lay in bed until I fall asleep, and then you can leave. <laughs> I was terrified. That's kind of like the uh, the perfect ghost story for so many reasons. Like it starts as like this gruesome crime mm-hmm. that's never been solved, yep. and then it's a story of like, is it real? Is it not? Like it's just a suspense story. Yeah. And we're going to get checked out at some point. We have to. It's only 500 bucks a night or whatever. <sighs> yeah. And I get totally no have no... that in my back pocket right now. <laughs> no electricity, no plumbing. We're fine. I'm not fine. No, I'm not. I'm I fine with the it. ghost. I'm fine with the, the, the crime story. I'm not fine with the no running water. <laughs> no. But that was cool. That was fun. I liked that. It was like a combination of everything. Yeah. I, had, I had And just... I'm actually surprised I've never heard of it. I've, I've known about it and I was like... I have my list and it was on my list. So I was like I have list too. So I looked into it more and I was like, nah, I'm gonna do it. It's gotta be my first one. It's- I loved it. And we did it. Yeah. We got there, we did it. Our first episode in the ah, books. I'm very excited if you tuned in. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. Hi mom. our only our only fans mom mom's plural yep danielle's mom's listening too of course um again if you have any suggestions uh let us know on our instagram at a spooky hour podcast yep uh, leave us a comment shoot us a message we have a twitter too uh it's not it's spooky hour it's at spooky hour it's at spooky hour yep. again it's holly running it if you want to address me by name for whatever reason feel free because danielle sucks at social media yeah i do <laughs> you do a little I hate bit it. i hate it but that's fine i keep telling her this just means she has a life yeah i have no life no i just read books and watch uh, real housewives that's all i do Real Housewives, eh? <laughs> I don't watch that. I watch Friends. It's true. <laughs> but yeah, any suggestions, any feedback, let us know. We're mm-hmm. also interested if you have any spooky stories. Yeah. What are we calling them? We're going to call them spooky tales. Our spooky, spooky tales. tales. If you have a spooky tale, let us know. We'd love to hear it. we will love to share it. Yeah. You can email us your tales. Um, any all solved, unsolved crimes, we're going to yeah. solve it. So our email <laughs> is... Um, the Spooky Hour Podcast, 666 at gmail.com. You can talk to Holly about that email. Uh, okay. the Just a spooky hour and just the spooky hour were taken. And typically my number is 7. So I was going to do like a spooky hour 7 or whatever. But then I was like, that's not very spooky. Yeah. Do the 666. Six, six. So we did it. Yeah. But yeah, you can shoot us an email Hit us up on our socials. Share some stories. Yep. And that's it. We'll hear it, We'll talk to you next time. Yeah. We don't have next, a send-off yet. No, we don't. But we'll talk to you this next week. This is a work in progress. Okay. Yeah, but we, we appreciate you being here. Yeah. We, we appreciate you listening. And we wanted to thank everyone so far. The, all the nice comments. Y'all yeah. We really awesome. appreciate it. Everyone's been super supportive. Yeah. So uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. And stay spooky. spooky. Stay spooky. Yay. Woo!